All right, hey, welcome everybody. I'm Bill, I'm the other pastor here. So glad you guys are here today. Look, um, I gotta tell you something that happened this last Sunday for those of you that weren't here. Jim broke a major rule. I talked to you guys, those of you that are here, I told you about it this last Sunday. Jim, there's a rule that Jim and I have had from the very beginning when we first started this church that he is not to touch the sport of golf. He doesn't know it. He doesn't know how to play it. He, it but yet, yet he, last week, he, touched, he, he talked about golf up here. There, I'm not allowed to talk about fly fishing and he He's not allowed to talk about golf. We, that we made that right off the bat. First thing we talked about in starting a church was just don't talk about golf and don't talk about fly fishing. But last week, he came up and he told this crazy story of how he was on the golf team one year of high school and that he has a natural swing and that, and that sometimes it slices, but then he got a lesson. And when he got a lesson, he started striping it right down the middle like a PGA golfer. And I'm in the back going, you're breaking the rules, Jim. You're breaking the rules. So I wanted to start today and, 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 and share with you a story of, of when I was in high school. I, I did this class, and, and, and it was a fly fishing class. Spokane's known for their fly fishing. Uh, and, and, and so I'm in this class, and, and I've got my fly rod, you know, and, and, and I... And, and, I was, and I was in the class and I was, I was doing the old cast with the fly rod and, and, and the teacher was going, you're a natural. I mean, it's going right down the middle. Every once in a while, it's curling off to the side. Every once in a while. And so then, the other the, a couple of weeks ago, I went out with a professional fly rod guy. And, and he, um, he was telling me if I just keep the elbow straight, I can get, go, make it go further and straighter. And it was. And I was like a professional fly rod guy. <laughs> you see how that just doesn't work? Yeah, it didn't work last week either, except this. He had the gall to actually make a really good analogy. He had the gall to actually connect it really well to his talk. One of the best talks I've heard him give, and, and if you haven't heard it last week, fantastic talk. He talked about the leaderboard, and, and he actually, I mean, it was one where I'm in the back going, you jerk, you actually are making this a really good, good analogy, and it's about golf. How dare he? You guys, the subject that he was talking about is the truth hurts. And what he was talking about and where we've been what we're dealing with right now is there are times that Jesus would come to us and he'd share things with us and he didn't hold back. See, that's what we love about Jesus. He's not just trying, he's, he doesn't accept, hey, let's just kind of live this mediocre life and no big deal. He, Jesus wants us to grow. He wants us to grow more and more like him. He wants us to recognize the stuff that we've got going in our lives that are turning us further away from God. And he wants to speak into that. And sometimes he speaks into that and he's very direct. And sometimes it can even hurt because you're just going, oh darn it, is he talking about me? Sometimes he says things that we don't quite understand. Last week when, he came, when Jim came up and talked, he talked about a passage about um, uh, hate your mother and father. And, and, and it's like, what in the world does that mean? And is that just contrary to everything that God says? And Jim said, man, we've, in, we've misinterpreted that. And that really what that means is, are we putting Jesus, where are we putting him on the leaderboard? And he just described that so well that, that a lot of times we get misaligned in where Jesus is at on the leaderboard. And that's what Jesus is really getting at when he said what he said. 
Well, this week, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about what might be a misinterpretation. This week, what I'm talking about is a, a point that he was making to a group of people where he really, he needed to get right into their face and say, look, this is what's happening. You need to hear this because this is speaking right at you and your uh, relationships and your, maybe your inability in your relationships. Listen to what he says. This is a, this is a passage that, that, that people that go to church and people that don't go to church, a lot of them will recognize this passage. It says this, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now, now catch his tone right here. Okay, catch his tone. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your eye? You hypocrite. Wow, that's Jesus saying that? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You guys, Jesus is is speaking to these people and he's going, man, you you guys got to recognize that you're looking out there and you're seeing sawdust in people's eye that's irritating to them. But at the same time, you know, he's a carpenter and he, you know, he, he, you, you can picture him just pulling out a plank and just going, there is a plank in your eye and you are talking about sawdust. There, there are things that are, you're, you're walking around going, do you believe what that guy's doing? Now, what's interesting with this passage is that you've got, you've got pastors and the way they respond to this passage. You got one. I read one where, where the guy said, this is the sense of humor of Jesus. Look at the sense of humor that he talks about planks and sawdust. But I don't, I don't think this is about sense of humor. I don't think this is a, a Jesus was looking for a laugh when he talked about planks. See, he was talking mostly to religious people. He, was, he had just got done with the Sermon on the Mount this, this sermon where, where he talks about what right living is and what, what living, what it looks like to live more and more like him, like God's son. And he's saying, man, here's, here's how I want you to live. And he's going, and, and what was happening is people were standing off to the side, especially the religious rulers, and they're listening to him, and their response to it is, yeah, keep going, Jesus. Those guys need to hear this. Yeah, keep going, Jesus, because I know lots of people that are like that. Keep going. They need to start living their life like I live my life. I mean, how many times do you come to church and you sit there and and you hear a a sermon on something like pride and and your response is nudging the person next to you? You need to hear this. (laughs) You don't want to admit it, that you need to hear it. It's no, you need to hear this. Well, they're looking at this and they're going, yeah, other people need to hear this. Other people need to. And he's going, you are looking at sawdust. You're looking at sawdust in people's eyes. And you got planks in your own eyes. And it's keeping you from being able to really see what's going on right here. Now, a lot of times pastors will, will take that and they'll go, okay, so, so he, my, the problem with this passage is many of them will know that this is a misinterpreted passage by people that want to have a license to do whatever they want. 
They'll take this and they'll say, see, people will say, I can, I, you know, if you don't judge me, I don't judge you. I can do what I want, you can do what you want. No big deal. And so the, that's my license. Well, you guys, I can't, I can't speak into that because it's so, it's taking this passage so far out of context that, it, that it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a response that isn't, that isn't taking into consideration all of what's happening. And when you interpret Scripture, you have to look at it within context. When you, look, when you interpret Scripture, you have to go, okay, he just got done talking all about this life that is the Sermon on the Mount, this life that is life, this life that is about Jesus. And if we're going to conclude at the end of that, right at the end of that sermon, that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, and you don't judge me and I don't judge you, no big deal, then we've missed We've missed all that Jesus was just talking about. And so, so pastors will take that and they'll go, so, so instead, of, instead of saying you can do whatever you want, we're going to now spend the next half an hour talking about the reasons why it's okay to judge. We'll say he was really just saying, don't judge hypocritically, but first look at yourself first. They'll take a look at a passage like John 7, and they'll say, stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly, which is, I mean, that's a passage Jesus shared, stop judging by mere appearance, but instead judge correctly. And so they're saying, so when you judge, judge correctly. And we'll spend the next half hour talking about the ways that we can judge correctly. You guys, I don't want to spend the next half hour talking about that either. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, the reality is Jesus does not tell us to suspend our critical thinking. Jesus does not say when, when there's injustice in this world and you judge that there's injustice in this world and you actually want to respond to that. He's not saying don't do that. There's, there's, there's times where you can see that I want you to take action from what you see. Man, that's, he's, that, so, so I don't want to spend the next half hour talking about those kinds of situations because I think we're missing a point here. See, Jesus just got done talking about relationship. The relationship that we have with him, the relationship we have with ourselves, the relationship we have with others. And Jesus is concerned about that relationship. That's the Sermon on the Mount. And he's looking at our hearts, and this is, this is a matter of the heart. He's looking at our hearts and he's going, man, I know this is what I want in relationship. And my, my, the, my Holy Spirit is right there burning a flame right on your heart. But we can douse that flame with a blanket. And a lot of times the de- what, we, what we douse the flame with is a blanket of pride. We can douse that flame with a blanket of judgment. See, what Jesus is talking about is a judgmental spirit. And you guys, this is a scary one because it's invisible. It's a scary one because we say it's not about us. It's a scary one because it lurks in the shadow. And you don't even realize you're doing it. It's a scary one because you can go day after day after day and judge every single day something that's going on and never realize that a blanket is covering your heart that's affecting your relationship with God your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. He's saying this is not a joke. This is not something that we just get to laugh about because it's a plank. He's talking about sawdust and planks and how do we take that plank out of our eye and see what's really happening on our own hearts 
Father, I want to pray that as we dig into this more, I want to pray that you would help us. Because, God, I know, I know as I've been working through this, it is super easy to get defensive about this. I know, Lord, that there are, this can stir things up in people. And we will want to justify. And we'll want to argue. And we'll want to make our stance. We pray, Lord, that you would help us today to drop all of our, all of our stuff, all of our defensiveness, and speak to our heart, even if it hurts a little. Speak to our hearts, Lord, and help us to figure out the ways that blankets are covering your Holy Spirit on us, and how is that affecting us and you? How is that affecting us and other people? God, help us to drop our, our pride enough for work to be done deep inside. It's in your name we pray. Amen. And the message version of this, the message is, is Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of, of the Bible. Really, it makes it a lot easier for us to read sometimes. And it says this. It says, don't pick, up, pick on people, jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. Okay, so he is, he's talking about this judgmental, he, th- this judgmental spirit. And again, we just kind of, we, we, we think that it's not us. It's hard to talk about judgment because I've never once heard someone say, yeah, I'm a pretty judgmental person. I've never once heard that. I'm pretty judgmental. You might say somebody else is, but you never say you are. But you guys, we are. And we, we cast judgment daily in lots of different parts of our life, in simple parts and complex parts. We struggle with judgment on other people. I mean, think about it. Think about my, 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 the neighbor that parks its, his car right in front of my house and then leaves it there for more than one day. At first, it's annoying. But that annoyance becomes judgment, and I cast judgment on that person. You have, you have no, you, you're, you're inconsiderate. How dare you park your car for more than one day in my spot in front of my house? How dare you? And so we cast judgment on our neighbor that we might not know anything about, but we do. What happens when it snows and you go for a walk in a neighborhood like Rock Creek? I mean, that's where I live. And you go for a walk and it's like shoveled, 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 not shoveled. What happens on the not shoveled? Do you just go, that's okay, it's fun to walk through the powder. No, you know what you do? You stop there, you turn and look at the house, and what do you do? Judgment! You lazy people. And you don't know if they all had surgery last week. You don't know. We're just going to cast judgment on those people that would not come out and shovel their driveway. You cast judgment on, on, uh, on, in a restaurant when you're, when you're in a restaurant with your family and you look at ne- next, next door to you, then there's, there's a family and the kids are, are throwing french fries back and forth at each other. And you think to yourself, thank God I'm not judgmental. Because if I was, that is one lame parenting technique. But I'm not judgmental. I'm not, gonna, I'm not dealing with that. I mean, I, I was, you guys, no joke. I am, I am in uh, my, the gym, at the gym that I work out at. And I am on the treadmill because that's where I always think about these sermons while I'm walking for an hour uphill on a treadmill. And I'm in this gym walking uphill on the treadmill and I'm thinking to myself, no joke, I'm thinking to myself, God, 
How? How do we talk about a subject that I don't think I deal with? How do I talk about it? I'm not a judgmental person. In fact, I'm one of the least judgmental people I know. I'm, I don't judge. It's, it's just not a, it's not a struggle for me in my life. And so I'm walking up the thing going, God, how do we actually enter into this when I don't even think I judge? And as I'm thinking that, a woman starts talking on her cell phone behind me. And I'm just walking on the treadmill and now she's talking on the cell phone and she's talking louder and louder and I can hear her whole conversation. And I'm sitting there, the more I'm getting annoyed, the more I'm now judging her. And the more I'm going, this inconsiderate woman back here is ruining my walk on the treadmill. And I'm thinking more about her and now I've called her a name, she's cell phone lady. And so now when I see her at the gym, I'm going, there's cell phone lady. That's that inconsiderate woman. I, I, and then I started realizing I was doing that all over the gym. I walk into the locker room, and there's some of the dudes that like walking around naked all around the locker room. And I'm going, you're one of those guys that need to walk, put a towel on for crying out loud. And now I look at those guys, and go, that's naked guy. Now I got cell phone lady, and I got naked guy. I got the guy that works out right in front of me, and he's, he sweats like crazy. So do I. But when he sweats, he's running on the treadmill, and it's splashing Every time, every pump is splashing more sweat on top of the screen of the, of, the, of the television in front of him. So he's running, and it's sweating all over the place, and it's dripping on the ground. And when he gets done, he takes the towel, and he wipes the handlebars, and then he walks away. And I'm like, your screen is soaking wet, sweat guy. Now I got sweat guy, cell lady, and naked guy. And I'm casting judgment on every one of them. You guys, this last, I was in the gym last week. No joke, here's what happened. There was a guy parked nose to nose to me. He, I, I'm here, he's here. We're parked nose to nose. I come out, I'm about to get into my truck, and then his car just starts up on its own. He's still inside. Auto automatically, I'm casting judgment. Oh, you're one of those guys. You got a car that starts on their own. Some of you guys have that, and I will cast judgment on you guys. <laughs> A car starts on his own, he, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'm now in there. He comes out, and no joke, here's what he does. He stands right in between the two of us. He stands right here, and he looks at it, and he goes. And I'm like, what? And I get out, and I said, what's going on? He goes, did you have to park so close? By the way, if you're in this room, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I truly am. I don't know if you are. Uh, it, did you have to park so close? And I said, I said, I, 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 didn't, I don't know if I even did that. I said, I said, what time did you come in? I came in at 4.30. He says, I came in right about 4.30. And I said, well, how do you know that wasn't you that parked close to me and not me close to you? And he goes, because I don't do that. And I said, well, guess what? I don't do that either. And I got in my car and I backed up about three feet and no joke, he goes up to his bumper of his car and he goes, and he's looking for the dent or a mark or something. And I'm like, you better get out of the way. I'm going to put a dent or a mark in your guys. <laughs> now he's car guy. And I look for him in the gym. And if he's across from me while I'm working out, I'm going to run harder. I'm going to show him I'm more in shape than him or something. That'll do it. <laughs> Man, we are, we are carrying judgment on anybody. And it can be things that we can laugh at and go, yeah, okay, you do. But it's also, some, it's, it's, it gets more serious, you know? You, you look at your friends and the way they parent and you cast judgment. Why are they choosing to parent that way? 
You look at your friend in college and the way they're spending their time and it's 14 hours on Fortnite and you just go, you just waste your time. And you cast judgment. We judge businesses. <laughs> we judge the waitress that didn't bring your food on time. We judge churches. We look around and go, that church doesn't love Jesus. That church doesn't serve. That church hates people. That church doesn't like community. We'll judge any church and we'll just put a blanket judgment on them. You, you can judge your own church. You come in here and you can judge this church. You know the, 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 the good sign that you're judging your own church is when you stop using we, because we are the church, and you use they. When you start saying they, those guys, those guys don't know what they're doing. Those guys don't even know how to turn the heat on in a building. Those guys are messed up. When you start saying those guys, you're judging. You're judging your own church that you're a part of. But we do that. See, we are really good at pointing out sawdust. We're really good at pointing out specks. There's a plank in our eye that we cannot see. And we're pointing out sawdust. Why are we doing that? I've been spending some time uh, reading and re listening to podcasts from a woman named Brene Brown. And she, I just love Brene Brown. She's, she's brilliant. And, and one of the things that she was talking about, she was talking about um, when you are wronged by somebody. And as she unpacked this, I started thinking more how this actually relates to judgment as well. But she says, when you're wronged by somebody, she says, here's what happens. She says, she says you get about two points of their story. You get two points of reference. And, he says, and she says, from those two points of reference, then you don't have anything else to go off of. So you create your story. You have this fictional story that you you create. And from that fictional story, you look for something that you can connect to that fictional story. And if you can connect that well, then it confirms, yes, this person has wronged me and this is why. And it comes from two points of reference and a fictional story. And she says that fictional story actually comes from just our emotions. Because she says this, look at what she says. She says, when something difficult happens, Brown explains, our emotions get the first crack at responding to it. Emotions are the wheel. When something are at the wheel, when something bad happens, cognition and behavior, our thoughts and actions are bound and gagged in the trunk, and emotions are driving. Well, as she unpacked that, I was thinking about it in light of judgment, and I thought, you know what? This is the same thing when it comes to judgment. See, what we have is we have about two points. We have two points of reference. And then what we do is we take those two points of reference and then we create our story around it. And this is our fictional story that we create around it. And we look for something, something that can hold that together that said, this, is, this confirms why I'm judging this way. And it comes from two points of reference. And then with this is all coming from our emotion. Our thought and action is put in, a, in the trunk and our emotions here. And that emotion for us when it comes to judgment is led by ignorance and fear. I know that word ignorance is not a, not a fun word for any of us to hear. But the simple definition of ignorance is a lack of information. And we have this lack of information. And so we put that together 
with fear, and we fear because we want to be in control and we don't have the information to be in control. And so what, what do we do? We create the story. We look for something to glue that in. And now my judgment is right on. That's what we do. I want to show you an example of this, okay? I want you to see this picture. All right. For any of you guys that love the NBA or sports fans, this is, this is Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson was one of my favorite basketball players. He played for the Sixers. He played for the Nuggets. Allen Iverson, in my, where I grew up, I grew up in Spokane, and, and my play, where I grew up, it was mostly middle-class white. Here's what a lot of people concluded about this guy. They, they didn't even know his name. They didn't have to know his name. It's a black guy with tattoos and cornrows. A black guy with tattoos and cornrows. That's their points of reference. And from their point of reference of a black guy with cornrows and tattoos, now they, we can create our story. And our story is based out of ignorance and fear. And we can cast judgment. And so what happens? You look for something to glue that in. An, a, an arrest when he was back at Georgetown, playing for Georgetown. That arrest. Okay, look it. There you go. Igno there, there you go. Now it's cornrows and it's tattoos and it's a black guy and he was arrested. Oh, and then he starts talking about practice. And they do this interview with him where he starts talking about, but they asked him how, how hard he practices. And he says, you're talking about practice. You're talking about practice? And in the next two minutes, he says the word practice 23 times. And everyone watches it. And for anybody that had their little fictional story based out of ignorance and fear, the conclusion is black guy, cornrows, tattoos, arrested, and lazy. Now I've got my story. And then you watch a 30 for 30 years later, and in that you see a lot of his tattoos are of his kids because he's a huge family man that loves his kids and loves his wife. Then you read about the bogus arrest that happened. Then you read about the fact that when he, the, he was, he was one of the shortest guys in the NBA and he had to work his tail off all the way to the Hall of Fame because he worked like crazy. And all of a sudden you start realizing, wait a minute, my fictional story doesn't quite match and you start going, uh-oh, maybe I was wrong. Who loses in that? He does. And so do we. Because we put judgment, we made a story up from a couple of points of reference, and we wanted to just make this about uh, this thing instead of this person. And in our ignorance, we just judged them. I'm going to show you a couple more pictures, you guys. I'm going to show you, let me show you this one. You know who that is? That's Freddie Mercury. The lead singer for Queen and, and uh, Bohemian Rhapsody won the best picture. And uh, that's Freddie Mercury. When you're growing up and you're in the 80s, you had a couple of points of reference on Freddie Mercury. He was gay and he wore weird clothes. And so from those points of reference, you can, you can make up your story. And you just make up a story. And now this is, your, this is where you, what you think and your story that you've made up. And now you're looking for something to confirm it. And he dies of AIDS and somehow that makes you confirm this. Because you make up a story. 
and we have casted judgment. And then years later, a movie comes out where it talks about this man, and he's going, it's a man that tried to live into his own skin and, was, and did everything he could, just going, man, this is who I am. Who wanted, who, who, who wanted to, to impress and wanted his parents to be proud of him, who made mistakes and admitted some of those mistakes, who struggled through a lot of life. Now all of a sudden you have a story. Now all of a sudden he's a person. He's not an issue. He's a person. And you start to wonder, did I even know enough to even, even make up the story that I made up? See, all of a sudden, we start seeing people instead of issues. We see people, people with a story, people that, that would want to tell their story. And would you listen to their story? Now I'm going to show you the next one. Get ready for this one. Here you go. You got a judgment on this? You guys, we got one point to this story. One. He's got a hat on. There's one. But we'll have our judgment. We will have our thoughts around this guy. We'll go, okay, I don't know who he is, but he's got that hat on. So some of us will judge and we'll say, yes, right on. You'll have the economy. You'll have the, 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 the Supreme Court. And you'll have those kinds of thoughts in your head. And you'll go, right on. And then other people will look at it and go, all I need is that one point. That's it. I don't want anything else. I'm, there's judgment. It, it, it disgusts me. And, you, and, and either one of you, you just put them in one box or another. You guys, this is our world today. This is our country today. It is, it is a moment that you make a judgment right off the bat. And this is the reality. In this room, there would be a bunch of you wearing the hat. And in this room, there would be a bunch of you that wouldn't. And none of us would want to know each other's story. Because we're only talking about an issue. And we are not talking about people. Let me show you one more picture. That's you and me. Put your face there. Put your face there. And now here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about your life from the very best things that you do, bullet points of best, the, very, the, most, the thing you are most proud of in your life right here, and just list it all off, all the things you're most proud of to things that I, well, here's where I stand on stuff, and here's who I am, and then here's some things I'm a little embarrassed about, and here's the deepest, darkest down here that nobody needs to know, and I don't want anybody to know. That's down at this end. That's, a, that's all the bullet points of my life. And now, what if somebody came up and said, now, you, now and they just pick two, just two, any two. Now, most of the time, we're not picking the best. We're picking one about here, and we're picking one about here. And what if we found out about one here? What would we do there? If we found out about one here, that becomes number one. It don't matter what you knew down there. You find out here, these are your two points of reference. This is what we do. And this is your, to the two points of reference on you. 
And now they're making a story. They've come up, they've picked their two points, they're making their story, they're looking for confirmation, and now they've made a proper judgment on you. And you are looking at it going, that is not fair. If this is me right here, which some of you guys, this is what happens when you're in a position like I'm in, of course people are judging. Some of you are judging me right now because the pictures I just showed. And so, so you're going to take two points and you'll make your story and I'm going to say, that's not fair. Oh, wait a minute. But isn't that what I'm doing? Man, we are talking about specks, sawdust, and planks. We're talking about how that's not fair. Don't do that to me, but I'm going to do that to you. You guys know why we, I mean, you guys know why we know we do this? Just look at your own Facebook and Instagram. Do you know what we're doing on Facebook and Instagram? We are putting our two best points on there. We're putting a picture of me from five years ago when I was 10 pounds lighter. You're putting a picture of your kid that's just nice and rested on the couch. And you're like, look at how sweet my kid is when 99% of the time you're pulling your hair out. You're putting a picture of you sitting there with a nice glass of wine and a Bible and a sunset and a fireplace. And you're going, I just love starting my day with Jesus when you know you just found your Bible from two years ago. And you're putting it out there and it looked good in a picture. You're taking a picture of your, you and your spouse on a date and you are got wine and everything and you know that maybe that's the first time you guys have connected in two years and you've been on a total disconnect, what are we showing people? We're showing them our best. Why are we showing them our best? Because we know they're judging us. They're judging. We know that they're going to judge me and so I got to give them two points. Make up your story. Hopefully it's a good story based on those two points. I'm not putting the stuff down here on there. But they, what, what, what we, where, we, where, they, where we struggle is that I'm still judging you even on your two best. Oh, yeah, nice picture, right? You're spending your money at a beach every day. You know, I'm judging you even on your best. And we just keep doing that. And so it leads us to a life where we are constantly trying to present our best, hiding our worst. We never want to engage past the surface. We don't want to share life on life with each other because if we share life on life with each other, we might have to show some other things and they would know more of our story. And I don't I want them to know any more than the very best. And so we keep ourselves in isolation from each other and we don't, we don't share life. We do that with each other. We do that with Jesus. We say, gosh, I sure hope he sees my best and I hope he doesn't see my worst. And it is a blanket that's covering the fire on our hearts because we, have a, we live with judgment. And Jesus is looking at all of this and he's going, we have got to stop this cycle Jesus is going, man, this is killing me to see that this is the way we're choosing to live our life. He is going, look, here's the deal, you guys. Your whole life is spread out in front of me. Every bit of it is spread out in front of me. I see your very, very best. And I see your very, very worst. And I am responding to your very best and your very worst with the same exact thing. I'm responding to it with love and grace and mercy, and forgiveness, and compassion. 
Do you guys know that, that of all the ways Jesus responded to people in the Bible, the one emotion that is brought out the most, the first thing that he responds over 40 times during, in the Gospels, it, it shows that Jesus responded with compassion. See, Jesus says, I want to know your whole story. And my first response is compassion. And he's saying, that's the way I want you to live your life. I want you to get to know stories. I want you to see people and not issues. I want you to lead with compassion. Let somebody else do the judging. I want you to lead with compassion and love. He's going, I want you to remember what happened with that woman that, sat, that I sat down to, the woman at the well, when I sat down with her and I sat and listened to her whole story and her, her whole story had lots of awful things, had lots of things that you just go, oh my gosh, you know, she had five, five four husbands and uh, working on a fifth one. Then she was, she was, there was all kinds of things to be embarrassed about. Her life in her eyes was all right here. And I sat down and I listened to her whole story. And what did she say when she left that conversation? What did, when she went to the city, what did she say to those people? She said this, he knew all about the things I did. He knows me inside and out. And this is key, you guys. He does not, she does not say that with guilt. She doesn't say it with shame. She doesn't say it with embarrassment. She's not, in, she's not saying it with this, oh my gosh, he knew all the things I did. He knows me on the inside out. What am I going to do now? She did just the opposite. She yelled that to people. She said, he knew me from the inside out. Why is she able to share it with such joy? Why is she able to share it with such freedom? Why is she wanting to share it so desperately to other people? Because Jesus met all of those things with a compassion that made zero sense to a woman that felt like she deserved no compassion. And with the love that made zero sense to, to a woman that didn't really know love. And with a grace and mercy and forgiveness that she's going, I don't even know what that stuff means. That's how he led. Let the judgment go to somebody else, but I'm going to lead with love. Are we seeing an issue that we will make a stance on? Are we seeing people that need to be loved? Are we priding ourselves on a on hard hard no stop are we leading with grace Jesus is asking us step into someone's story listen to it all even if you disagree with it keep listening and lead with love and then if you disagree with more keep listening and lead with love and if you disagree more keep listening and lead with love and have them listen to your story as they listen with love. And maybe, maybe at that point, both of us will be able to walk forward and say, now let's go pursue Jesus together. Let's go see what Jesus has in store for us together. But let's lead the way Jesus wants us to lead.
Now I want to finish with this, this the, the, with a prayer. And it's a confession, okay? Because I, as I sat in this and I thought about my own judgmental spirit, as I thought about my own places where I, where I just stop and, 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 and I, I don't look at people, I look at an issue. When I think of the, the ways that, that I have, have, have carried that, I, I just feel like I gotta confess it. And, and, and Jesus tells us that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. He will forgive our sins and purify us of all unrighteousness. He will hear us. And he can take that blanket off and he can help us to see clearer relationship and people. And we don't have to live hidden. We can share life with each other as we move closer to Jesus. So will you enter into this prayer with me, this prayer confession? Father, we confess we confess our spirit of judgment. We confess there are times that we have treated people as issues. We confess we've made fictional conclusions based out of our ignorance and our fear. We confess that we harbor thoughts that we need to let go of. Thoughts around our neighbors and our friends, our boss, our roommates, our enemies, our church, of people we don't even know. God, help us to recognize our own shortcomings, the planks in our own eyes. God, help us to surrender the things that we even right now feel tension over just from just sitting here. God, help us to surrender. Help us to lead with love. Help us to slow down to hear a story. Help us to listen first. Help us to extend compassion and grace and mercy. Even when their story presses right up against our desire to judge. Help us see people, people that you love your sons and daughters instead of issues to stand on. Help us lead, Lord, with compassion, with love, with grace, with mercy, and with forgiveness. Help us to see people, your people. Lift the blanket of judgment from our hearts, Lord, Help us to see you even clearer. And we thank you that our lives are spread right out before you. And while you have areas that you want to hone in on us and you want to chip away at us and you want to help us to grow more and more like you, you do every one of those things with love and mercy and grace. And you pour out compassion on my story. And if there's anybody that needs compassion on my story, that's me. Thank you for that love. And we pray that you'd help us to follow that and to love others that same way. It's in your name we pray. Amen.